I have manifested your name to the people who you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be as one, even as we are one. This is the word of God. Good morning, beloved. It was great music this morning, wasn't it? Yeah. Just praising the Lord. Just rocking out to that King of Heaven. <laughs> Who's ready for Grace Gives? <laughs> okay. That's a couple of us. <laughs> we'll get you guys there. We are continuing our series called Glorify to Glorify God. We are getting ready to saturate this community with the love of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. That's exactly what Grace Gives is all about. It's about pointing this neighborhood towards the person and work of Jesus Christ for his glory alone. We get to use our gifts to work together to serve this city so that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. For the next couple of weeks, we're looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, or the Lord's Prayer. We are contemplating the words of Jesus in one of the longest prayers in the Bible. This is an amazing prayer that is deep in theology. It's rich in application. And I believe Jesus prayed this prayer for your soul and for mine. You see, the men who were physically with him, the 11 disciples, I think Jesus had them in mind. But I think we have implications for us as well throughout this prayer. Me and you. So I have arranged this sermon to prepare our hearts and our minds for grace gifts. The title for today's sermon is Equipped for the mission. Have you guys ever felt unprepared for something? Maybe it was a test in school, a business or family trip, a wedding speech that your best friend told you to, to say. There's a presentation at work. Maybe your boss decided to put you on the spot to cast a new vision for the company. Maybe you're like me, you hate being unprepared. So you study the extra book. You stay up the extra hour. Your to-do list begin to have their own to-do list. <laughs> you guys know that me and my family, we moved to DC. 
um, to begin an internship at Capitol Hill Baptist Church. I remember the first day I arrived there, they handed me my schedule, a big stack of books, gave me an office, and said, your first paper is due at 5 p.m. I remember standing in that office, sitting in that office, thinking, what did I get myself into? I'm not ready for this, Lord. You see, but God in his grace, he reassured me that I had everything I needed for the mission. See, I'm convinced that we don't live on mission because we believe that we're not prepared, that we don't have what it takes, that we don't have everything that we need for this mission, that we lack the knowledge and the giftings. We begin to move um, and be more fixated on our inadequacies and our weaknesses and then we start to believe that we don't have what it takes to make disciples of Jesus Christ for his glory and for his kingdom, to follow his will and to live on mission. You see, being up here preaching to you all is out of my comfort zone, right? My comfort zone is more meeting with one-on-one, discipling someone, teaching them about the Bible, teaching them about Jesus. God doesn't keep us in our comfort zone, does he? He wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust and depend that he has given us everything that we need for the task at front, what he has called us to, to this mission, to bring him glory. See, our text today shows that we are more than equipped because we have the knowledge of God. That's going to be lesson one. We are the Father's gift to the Son, that's lesson two. And we are united to bring glory to Christ, that's lesson three. So point one, we have the knowledge of God. See, verse six, Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. You see, Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, I have manifested your name. That word manifest means revealed. And when Jesus says name there, he, he is referring to the very character of God, the character of the Father. Jesus is saying, Father, I have revealed who you are to the people you have given me. So what is Jesus saying? He is the I am. He is God. Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. You see, in John chapter 8, Jesus told his disciples that I am the light of the world. That he was revealing the Father in our darkness. When Jesus said that I am the bread of life in chapter 6, he's referring to the Father will sustain us that we may never grow hungry. When Jesus said that I am the gate in John chapter 10, he's saying that God will protect us from all of our dangers. In the same chapter, he said that I am the good shepherd. He's saying that the Father will lead us and guide us. When Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant the Father will always be with us. You see, after his friend Lazarus died, Jesus told his disciples that he is the resurrection and the life. He's saying that even in death, the Father is with us. Do you believe that this morning? 
that when you see Jesus, you see the Father. You see Yahweh. Let me ask you, how do you view God? How do you image God? A preacher named Brendan Manning, he said this, we make our images of God and our images of God make us. So what is your image of God this morning? Is he the mean boss that won't let you go home to be with your family? That's giving you more work and extra work to do? Is he that coworker that when you make a mistake makes you feel guilty and filled with shame? Is he a super police officer? Kids, do you view God as Santa Claus? That if you are nice, he will bless you? And that if you are naughty, he will look the other way and pass over you? What's your image of God? See, I'm convinced that it's our knowledge of God or the way we view God that shapes the way we interpret life. See, when you think of God, do you see him as a gentle and lowly savior? Do you see him when you mess up that he is waiting with open arms to welcome you back in as a son or daughter? Or is he giving you an apron and saying, get to work? You see, when we believe that God is a father that is good, that is gentle and lowly, we would approach him. We will understand that everything that is his is ours. That we will serve him with joy. That we won't be shy to approach him. See, we have the knowledge of God because the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. To do what no other human could possibly do. To live a perfect life and to die a substitutionary death for those who believe in him. You see, what verse 4 tells us in John chapter 17, he says, I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Why is this so important that Jesus revealed the character of the Father? Because Christianity is not about a bunch of rules. It's not about a bunch of laws. It's about... It's not even about following Jesus as our example. It's about knowing God through his son, Jesus Christ, and trusting in what he came to accomplish. It's about having an intimate relationship with God, the one true God. And this is good news. Can you tell someone this wonderful news this week? And when you sign up for VBS or sports game, can you sit with a little child and, and, and teach them about God? Share the very knowledge of God to them. You see, Jesus is not just the one speaking of God's truth. He is the truth of God himself. You see, the Bible is the, is the written word of God. Jesus is the living word of God. You see, if you're sitting here today and you do not know God, the only possible way you can know God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Christian, if you want to know more about God, read this book. Encounter the, the true God. You see, every stroke of the pen is about him. And it's revealed in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, since we know God through Christ, and he has manifested the Father to us, therefore we have this confidence. We have this confidence to do what he commands us to do. You see, at the end of the Great Commission, Jesus says that I am with you always to the end of the age. 
See, we have the very presence of God, the great I am with us and inside of us. You see, the God who manifested himself to us is now has revealed himself in our hearts. The God who took on flesh is not just in your proximity. He's the power that's within you. The power to, um, to unleash us to the world. The power to disciple your children this summer. The power to love your wife as Christ loved the church. The power to love God and love people. He's the power that you need to carry out his mission. You see, the work is in his hands, not in ours. Lesson two. We are the father's gift to the son. Everyone loves a good present, don't they? Today's my daughter's fifth birthday. She turned five today. We and my family, we enjoy celebrating her yesterday. So quick story, I took the kids fishing a couple weeks ago. And um, so we, we get to the pond, I'm getting the boys set up to fish. They all have their little rods. And then at the end, Everly, that's my five-year-old, uh, me and her are fishing. And we catch one, we, it's the only fish in the pond we caught, right? <laughs> She's happy. The boys are discouraged, but she's happy. We take a picture with her. She enjoyed it. She said, Dad, this is the best. When can we do it again? So let me let you guys into a secret. You guys keep a secret? I got her her own princess fishing rod today. I mean, for her birthday today. I haven't given it to her yet, so don't tell. That's the secret. But I think she would love it because of that experience, that it's going to be hers. And she's going to remember that time that we shared. <laughs> Take a look at verse 6 again. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. You see, the Father has given Jesus a gift. The Father has given the disciples to Jesus. They belong to Christ. You see, I'm convinced that this, this prayer is not just for the 11 disciples, it's for all of those who have kept his word, verse 6. Those who have received his word. Those who have believed that the Father sent the Son, verse 8. See, I hope when you're reading these verses, you feel Jesus' love falling fresh upon you this morning. That you are his gift from the Father. That he loves you so dearly. You see, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, has always poured love within himself and the Godhead. For all of eternity, they have been giving and receiving of love, sharing love within the Trinity. See, now God is sharing that love with his disciples and with us. See, take a, take a look at what John says and how he lays it out for us in his epistle in 1 John 4.10. He says, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. You see, this is the kind of love we have because we belong to Jesus Christ. True love. You see, we did nothing to deserve this kind of love. We did nothing to deserve our sin debt to be canceled. We didn't ask God to love us this way. We didn't actually be brought into this love dance with the Trinity. 
joining in on the giving and receiving and sharing of love with God and with each other. You see, this is the kind of love we get to share during Grace Gives. You see, random acts of kindness. We, we go to grocery stores and we, we pay for groceries for people just randomly. Just showing them the very love of Christ. We take meals to the police department and, and fire department to share love with them. We let our shut-ins know, those who are watching us online, that they're not forgotten, that we love them. But with a care package. You see, 1 John 4, 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You, you see that word ought? Just like fish ought to swim. Birds ought to fly. Christians ought to love. That is who we are. Love and forgiving one another. I do not want you guys to miss this. God has chosen the disciples out of the world. And he has given them to Jesus. You see, in God's sovereignty, he chose the disciples before time and space. He chose them before they did anything of any worth. You see, in the next chapter, in chapter 18, Peter, he's going to deny even knowing Jesus. The man who revealed the Father to him. And God still decided to choose Peter. You see, the same is true for you and me, Christian. If you're here today and you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the very forgiveness of your sins, and you receive him as the Lord and Savior of your life, you belong to God. There's nothing that you can do to be, to be separated from him. Christ alone. You see, John chapter 1, verse 12, he puts it this way. He says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's our identity. You see, let's talk about, we talked about God's sovereignty. Let's talk about our responsibility. How have we kept the word? How have the disciples kept the word of God? They have, I, I think this is, this is a, it's a obedience of faith. God, we have responded to who Jesus is and what he came to do. Do you see the impact this will have on your evangelism? That God does the choosing and God is just calling us to be the very words of sharing, the, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, when you think of God's sovereignty and that he knows who's going to save, those people who are going to be saved need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the very truths of who God is and what he came to do. That's our responsibility, to actively share the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, God's sovereignty doesn't mean that we just get to sit on the couch, eat our favorite potato chips, and call it a night. That's not what God's sovereignty means. See, God is calling us to faithfully share his word, to share the gospel. You see, we are just the male men and male women in God's kingdom. We are just delivering the mail. You guys know how awkward it would be if my mailman, as he gives me my mail, 
he stands there and waits for me to open it. <laughs> and, he, and he says, I'm, I'm not leaving until you pay your bills. You need to respond to that letter. Or, or when I received Pastor Jamie's birthday card, and it's so sweet, he's saying, that is sweet, you should cry, right? You should cry. That'd be weird, right? You see, God is the one who takes people out of the world and calls them his own, and he gives them to his son. See, we are called to bring glory to God by just sharing the announcement of who Christ is and what he accomplished at the crossing at the empty tomb. You see, doing grace gives when someone is getting their free car wash and we have them come out of their car and we get them a free bottle of water and we tell them to relax in the shade. Guess what we get to do? We get to tell them how Jesus not only paid for this car wash, but he paid it all on the cross. That their sin debt is forgiven if they choose to put their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, when we buy someone groceries later on this month, we get to tell them that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. See, when we take a look at verse 9, he says, I'm praying for them. Jesus makes it clear who he's praying for. He is praying for those the Father has given him. See, we shouldn't get caught up about, oh, Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't care about the world. He doesn't love the world. He's not praying for the world. He's praying for his disciples. Now, we know that Jesus loved the world. We see that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. But Jesus is making specifically clear who he's praying for, for his disciples. You see, God doesn't just choose us and leave us to figure it out on our own. You see, we have a Savior that is actively praying for us. Even today, right now, did you know Jesus is praying for you? If you're in Christ, he is more committed to us than we are to him. I love this quote from Robert Murray Machen. It says, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He's praying for me. You believe that? Jesus is praying for you because you belong to him. You're his special gift. Church, let this truth soak into your hearts as we seek to live out our mission. Point number three, we are united to bring glory to Christ. This is the mission, that we the church bring glory to God by participating in the work that is already accomplished. We already sung it. It's already won. The tomb is empty. He is seated on his throne. The work is finished. See, verse four tells us what was accomplished. Jesus said, I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. See, Jesus knew the will of God. He understood the mission and he fulfilled that mission. And then at the verse, look at the, at the end of verse 10. All minds are yours and yours are mine. He says, and I am glorified in them. Then in verse 11, he acknowledged that he is not in the world, but the disciples are in the world. Okay, why, did, why is Jesus leaving us? Why is Jesus leaving the world and leaving his disciples? What did Jesus promise the disciples? The Holy Spirit. It is better for me to go, you will receive a helper. 
And if you're in Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. Okay, but why does Jesus, why does, why does he leave us here in the world? Why didn't, why won't, once we were saved, why didn't God just take us straight to heaven? Why did Jesus leave us in the world? To follow the will of God and to live on mission to bring glory to Jesus Christ. You see, that's why we say that grace gives is not just an event. We're not just putting this on once a week just so that way we can make Grace Baptist Church famous. Right? It's not just the event. It's a lifestyle that we live out as a church. We're committed to this mission. That's our mission statement to make fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who passionately love God and love people. That's why we exist. You see, we are united around a mission to bring glory to God. That's our purpose. You see, before Jesus left the world, he gave us orders. Go, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teach them everything I've commanded. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You see, this is the mission that we are united around, church. This is the mission that God has equipped us for. Jesus prays for their protection. Verse 11. Keep them in your name. That they may be one as we are one. Church, we share the name of God, the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Can I talk about the name of Jesus for a little bit? It's the name above every name. It's the name that one day will cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess. It's the name that is written on our hearts. It's the name that holds us all together. Yahweh saves is his name. The name of Jesus is our fortress. See, Jesus is praying that we may be one as the Trinity is one. Jesus' concern is for our unity, church. You see, this is one of the central themes in in his prayer. We will see it again in verses 21 through 23. Church, Jesus wants us to be united. This has been God's heart since the very beginning. That both genders, male and female, every nation, every ethnicity become united as one. Protected under that great name. The name of Jesus. All with the same mission to bring glory to Jesus Christ by following his commands. You see, what causes this unity? It's when we try to be kept in some other name besides Jesus. It's when we try to figure out our life on our own. When we try to discover our own meaning and purpose. It's when we try to create our own mission. It's what Pastor Mark told us last week. It's when we seek lesser glories in this life instead of relying upon the greater glory of Jesus Christ. You see, when we begin to look within ourselves and tell ourselves that I don't have what it takes, I can't talk to people. I'm not good with kids. Oh, these strangers that are coming out of their cars, I don't know what to say to them. 
You see, when we begin to look at ourselves instead of Christ, we believe that we are not quite equipped for the work, for the mission. Yes, you are sinful. Yes, you have limitations and weaknesses. So does everyone else in this room. Guess what? It's not about you. It's not about us. And it would never be about us. You see, why would God... It's about the glory of Jesus Christ. Why would God do this? Why would God save a bunch of weak, sinful people like us? Why would he do that? And tell us to live on mission. He's done it to show that the surpassing power, the surpassing worth, the surpassing glory belongs to him and not to us. It's for his glory. Not our own. See, this is one of the reasons why I love Grace Gives. It's, a, it's that a Thursday afternoon. It's my favorite part. Thursday afternoon. We got one more day to go. We're all exhausted. We're washing cars. And it's a beautiful thing to just look up and see everyone working hard. One car at a time. Encouraging one another. Giving each other a water bottle. Reminding each other why are we doing what we're doing. That's what I love. You see, Grace Gives has a way of bringing us all together. You see, there are relationships in this sanctuary that have been cultivated because you signed up for a ministry track. The deep conversations that are shared while we're serving side by side. That's what I enjoy. Allowing this community to see Jesus Christ through our unity. You see, what we see throughout this prayer is that God has chosen the people out of the world of people who have believed that Jesus Christ is from God and that he is God. Church, we are unified around the truth of the gospel. That we have a Savior who lived a perfect life, who died a horrible death on that cross to forgive us of all of our sins and who conquered the grave to grant us a relationship with the Father that will last forever. If you're a Christian here today, we are... We share the same identity of being inside of Christ. See, it's not about the color of our skin. It's not about who we vote for in the voter box. It's about the name of Jesus. And being under that name, the beautiful name. Take a look at verse 10 again. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. This is our purpose. This is the mission to bring glory to Jesus Christ. The Father and the Son share everything. It reminds us of the prodigal son story. You guys remember that in Luke 15? Remember what the father told his oldest son who refused to come into the celebration, into the party? He said, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. Do you see that everything that belongs to the father belongs to Jesus and he has shared it with you church see Jesus being the ultimate big brother he gave us his robe he put his ring on our fingers he celebrated with the father when he when we turned from our sins and embraced the grace of God through faith see brothers and sisters we are united around this shared mission to go out in the world 
and bring home the lost by sharing the gospel, by sharing everything that the Father has shared with us. Just like the early church in Acts chapter 2, verse 45 and 47, it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and just, just distributing the proceeds to all as any had a need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Church, this is our mission. And the Lord has equipped us for it. He has given us everything that we need plus so much more. You see, we have the knowledge of God that is revealed in his son, Jesus Christ. We have the love of God in our hearts. And we are united to bring him glory. Until he returns or call us home, we are equipped by the power of Christ inside of us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for giving us to your son. Thank you for keeping us under that beautiful name of Jesus. The name that saves. The name that brought us out of darkness into your light. The name that caused us to be dead to sin and alive to God. God, I pray for whoever's here who doesn't know you, who have not trusted in the name of Jesus, the person of Christ and the work of Christ. Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to reveal the Father to their hearts so they will respond in faith to who you are. Jesus, we want to live on mission. It's who we are. We want to share. That's who we are. Because you shared everything with us. You have given us everything freely. Your grace is amazing. Help us to extend that grace today and every day of our lives. Let us model the very life of Jesus and going after the laws and bringing them home to celebrate with the Father. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.